Hello and thank you for listening to episode 332 of 60MW. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the Decade of Decadence show for January 2021. Brought to you by Dean of the Dead Hot Horror Sources. Tom, I've got to remember 2021. I've got to keep remembering the times. Are you in that thing already? I don't, I don't know. I, do you do that? Or is it because I'm just an old twat that it takes me about a month to remember the year? You know, whenever normally, you... yes, yeah. this year, no. Yeah, I think it's been pretty well hammered home what year it is now, yeah. and what, or more accurately, what year it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> not this year, but yeah, always, yeah, every year. I'm, I'm always, if I'm writing that down the date, it's always the previous year for the first month or so. But the exception to a rule, I guess, is is this year. That's pretty true. Yeah, 2020 was quite memorable for all the wrong reasons. So yeah, it's good not to write that down. That's for sure. Um, oh, mate, Isaiah, and everybody listening, I think we've been, well, we've been podcasting together for nine years this year, mate, when it comes to June. Nine years this summer. Oh, yes. And um, I don't think in all the days that we've been doing the Decade of Decadent show and going back to 80s Picture House as well, I don't think I've ever had as much 80s related stuff to talk about as I have today. The, the list I'm looking at is bloody massive, mate. What's... Oh, it's just as well as I don't have any... <laughs> So <laughs> the floor will be yours and I will chime in. I know, oh. I mean, I was just thinking, like, oh, he's probably got a lot of, of his favourite section to get through, so... There is, on, yeah, unfortunately, there is quite a bit. Bloody, the Grim Reaper's been very busy, unfortunately, and we've got a few things to talk about with what's going on in there. But I've also got a bit of a surprise for you, mate, as well, which will be nice. Ooh. Something, Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Um, before all of that, Dean of the Dead... He's he's been really busy and got some great yeah great updates upcoming for everybody about Dean and his uh, hot sources and everything. Uh, from next month onwards, there's a few things can't really let on about yet. He's got a lot of uh, irons in the fire, as it were. But uh, today we're recording on Friday, the twenty second of January. He finally put the third of his new hot rubs online, and uh, I know you do enjoy a hot rub, Tom. Oh. Yeah, as, as I do I. And I can get it. <laughs> Who doesn't enjoy a hot rub? Uh, <laughs> so the three that he's got, and of course they're all horror-themed, so I'm just going to read them out for everybody because you will want to buy these as well. The first one is a lime and chilli rub, and it's called From Dust Till Dawn. Nice. Nice. I like that one. Uh, the other one, Korean Spice Rub, and this is my favourite name, Grain to Busan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And the third and final one that only went up about an hour before we started recording is a smoky barbecue spice rub called Seasoning of the Witch. Oh, I didn't see that. Lovely. Yeah, Lovely. that's only just gone up online, mate. So those, get yourself into them. Uh, again, all the details of how you can follow Dean online and how you can buy stuff from him will be in the podcast notes for this episode as well. Uh, and as always, we say, go and buy stuff because it's bloody lovely. Uh, but yeah, some exciting updates coming from in, in uh, some future shows that we're going to record. So stay tuned. Right then, Tom, are you ready? Eight is overload. Um, first thing, have you seen, uh, and this went online, and I can't believe I only saw it for the first time after we recorded the December show, is a two-hour, two-hour, Jesus Christ. I wish it was two hours because it's really good. A two-minute commercial it went online on the 18th of october last year it's called die hard is back and it's got uh, john mcclain of course in it um 
and a lot of other actors from and characters from Die Hard, and it's about a car battery. It's an yeah. advert for a car battery. I've never seen it before. If anybody hasn't watched it, go to YouTube and type Die Hard is back. It's great. And I think it's and it leads on as well because there's still the rumoured Die Hard Six called McLean in the works as well. <laughs> Have you been reading much about that recently? No, I mean No. <laughs> <laughs> Do not want at this point. Yeah, there's a few there's a few different stories about what it could be about, but I don't know. Do we want it? Do we, I don't know. I don't know if we do or if we don't. Like you clearly don't want to do it. Like all you hear in between die hard films is him not wanting to do die hard films. Yeah. And then four was all right. Five was awful. Five was awful. Like he doesn't give a shit in most of his performances, like Die Hard or not. Yeah, it just seems to. Dial he doesn't them in. phone it in a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah, is in is in so many. And we we saw one. I can't remember if it was on Netflix or Amazon now, and we just saw the trailer for it, and it was like just another direct to streaming. Just bland. Yeah, he's, he's now one of the uh, familiar faces in. Um, I'm going to go at HMV or something, and you're looking at those racks of DVDs, and you're like, what the fuck is he doing in that? Yeah, you're flipping between Bruce Willis films and Steven Seagal. Yeah, but... I was about to say he's a new Seagal, because Seagal seems to have slowed down. I mean, literally, because he's huge. But um, <laughs> he, he doesn't seem to be playing out as much. And Nicolas Cage, who's quite um, did a high volume of them, obviously he's moving on to stuff like uh, the Netflix show about swearing, and obviously he's playing, he's playing Joe Exotic. Um, and he got a couple of him, him, yeah, films coming out this year that are getting cinema releases, but, mm, as yeah. it stands. Yeah. Oh, Nick Cage is knocking it out of the park recently. Yeah, Year of Cage, 2021. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the Netflix show, The History of Swearing? Well, I've only watched three of them, but I've enjoyed them so far. I mean, it's sort of background stuff, and oh, there's a few interesting tidbits about the swearing, but like, I'm only in it for the... Cage Me too. stuff. Yeah, and it is the highlight of the show, definitely. When he's on, it's really interesting. But like you said, when the rest of it's on, there's a little, like you said, little tidbits here and there. But it's, mm, it is really background stuff, exactly what you said, mate. Yeah, but hopefully it'll be a, a nice, fruitful relationship between Netflix and Cage. But obviously the Joe Exotic uh, Tiger King show is going to be on Prime. So, mm. but um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, have you seen the trailer for uh, Willy's Wonderland? I haven't yet, no. Um, animatronic robots go mad in a theme park. He has to battle them. It's out um, February the 12th, I think. That sounds um, awesome. Yeah, I'm in for that. Yeah, but his films seem to be getting, like the films he's doing at the moment seem to be getting like, oh, look at this, you know, and there's was it the unbearable weight of massive talent, the one where he plays like the 90s version of himself and Pedro Pascal's in it as well. So um, that's the one that's probably going to be in cinemas. It's just like, yes. Mm-hmm. Cage. Yeah. Year of Cage, 2021. Definitely. Yeah, you can't have enough Cage, that's for sure. Uh, oh, God, reboots. Reboots galore, mate. Turner and Hooch. Uh, <laughs> Disney Plus series reboot. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> just what the, the world point? wanted. <laughs> yeah. You, What's you, the point? You ready? Honestly. You're not going to tune into that, mate? No? I can't see the point. It was a 
I remember watching it as a kid. I remember we had a video and then when it came out on VHS when I was a kid when we got it from the Ritz and enjoyed it then. I'm assuming the film's on Disney Plus, but I just can't see the point. I mean, just do a show about a guy with a dog. Why do you have to call it yeah. Turner and Hooch? Yeah. It's just weird. Just a weird thing to bother rebooting. It is. Of all the things to be rebooted as a TV series in 2021, Turner and Hooch would not have been in my top 10,000, I don't think. Huh. <laughs> That's all. Uh, and while we're on the subject of reboots, reboot of Walker, Texas Ranger, which is just called Walker, now had its first episode shown uh, last, last night. heard of it. Last, last night was episode one. Uh, didn't get good reviews from what I've read. It's a bit of a non-event. Um, who, who plays? I mean, I doubt. I'm very strongly doubt. I'm going to have heard of whoever it is. Who plays Walker? Oh my God, um, Jared Padal Padalecki. Okay, I have heard of him. He's in um, uh, um, uh, Supernatural, I think. Oh, okay, and I think he might be in the film I'm picking for the six. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I have heard of it, but, like, what is the point? Like, that went for nine or ten years, Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah. And, like, it's just Chuck Norris, and it's not great. Like, I mean, if you like Chuck Norris, you can watch any episode of it, but you probably can watch too many of them. I mean, I've got them all on my laptop, and I can't say of, I mean, they're, they're there, ready, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> here's that Chuck Norris TV show, but that's all it was. Yeah. The Chuck Norris TV show. So, you know, that's fair it. enough to Jared Padalecki. But it's probably not going to go nine or ten years, is it? I don't think so. That was going to go nine or ten months. No. And yes, but, I know, to people that are listening, I know Walker, Texas Ranger was 90s, but Chuck Norris, he's, he's always, you know, he's Mr. 80s to us. 80s action hero. Definitely. Yeah. So that's that's the link. That's the link. Anyway. Wow, well, it's crazy that that show's been announced made and come out and this is the first i've heard of it i only knew about it through watching the american football and of course you get oh yeah, yeah but you see all the ads don't i see you? all the american ads so it came up and i think it said you know next week it's episode one the series debut of walker i was like what the fuck because <laughs> i'd never heard of it either and uh yeah it's out so but from the reviews that I've read so far, I don't think I'll be bothering me. Um, I mean, again, it's su- um, uh, it's such a generic show. Well, yeah. I mean, why just? I don't know why they bother. You know, like Turner and Hooch, uh, Cop and Dog, been done so many times. <laughs> That's uh, what it Walker, Texas Ranger, Texas Ranger, been done loads. Why yeah. bother attaching that name to it? Why do you just <laughs> have different characters? And you know, like, oh, it's a bit like you know, like K9's a bit like Turner and Hooch, and insert TV show about a Texas Ranger here is a bit like Walker, Texas Ranger. It's like, what's, what, I don't mind yeah. why they have to attach these names to it. You came up with a perfect title for that. Instead of Turner and Hooch, just call it Cop and Dog. A new series called Cop, Cop and Dog. Dog. <laughs> that would have been a lot better. Yeah. I'd have been more into watching that than the reboot of Turner and Hooch. So, yeah, get yourself some uh, some water. And it's just called Walker. Not They've dropped the Texas Ranger Cop. bit. Mm. <laughs> um, Josh Gad, we've talked about him before. His YouTube channel, he's been back. Uh, 80s related stuff. The latest one was all about Karate Kid. And yes, I haven't seen that one yet. Cobra uh, Kai. So, yeah. yeah, 
which is good because he went a while. He did one before that was one with um, Wayne's World Reunited. Yes, I watched that one, yeah. Yeah, and then of course, there's been like about a five-month gap, so hopefully he's back and he'll do some yeah, more. Yeah, they do. The, the, the Wayne's World made it feel like it was seemed like it was a new season, mm. but it's only been for two, so I mean, I know a lot's going on in America and he's probably following that and that. Yeah. But, uh, but maybe the Cobra, the Karate Kid Cobra Kai was obviously timed for when the new series went on Netflix. Ironically, that he shows on YouTube the show that Bid off Cobra Kai. <laughs> it went massive. Also, and I know the answer to this question, Dave. Have you watched Cobra Kai yet? Uh, no. You need to. Have I ever failed you when I've talked about stuff streaming? No. No. <laughs> and we'll really, we'll really get into that later when we talk about one of the films. Um, you have to see Cobra. If you don't, if you're not massive on Cry Kid, it doesn't matter. And that's the thing. You see, I'm. I've. Never really been a fan at all yeah. of the Cry Kid. All films. the more reason because I think I've, I like I like the Cry Kid films. Of, I mean, I went to the cinema to see the original uh, last summer. I like them fine, um, mm. but I feel Cobra Kai with its use of um, clips from them, it, it elevates them. It makes them feel better than they actually are. Like, okay. you know, there's like, you're getting goosebumps over films you didn't really <laughs> care about that much. Um, and you're getting, you know, you're welling up at stuff and you're like, you get the writing of the characters is so good that it just makes the films, you know, you know, the show's better than the films. Bloody hell. Yeah. So no, honestly, you'll love the music. You'll, you'll love it. No, you'll, I guarantee you, you'll love it. You'll get into it. Uh, my friends, uh, 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 my friend Dan didn't like Cry Kid that much, and now he's like obsessed with it. He's like posting on Facebook all the time about about the characters in it and stuff, and how annoying he finds them, and you know how he loves this, and you know, yeah, it's it's brilliant, Cobra Kai. Uh, you you really mean and a bit, mate. You are really mean a bit. Twenty five thirty minute episodes as well. Oh, that's good then. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's sort of the magic yeah. time. And it's in and it's in beautiful four K as well on oh. Netflix. So. Okay then, maybe maybe by the time we record the February show, I'll go in real hard sell. I'll go. Yeah, real if hard I haven't sell. watched any by then, see what you can do. Do your worst. <laughs> I'll get a cameo from um, uh, Ralph Macchio threatening you to <laughs> kick your head in. Yeah. Um, well, while we're on the subject of YouTube. Uh, I've mentioned these before. There's a channel called Reshoots, where they go back and they, they yes. and they go back and they, and they sort of replicate the shots as well. They go back to um, film locations, film them now, but then yeah. they replicate the shots that were used in the movie, and you see them both on screen. And it's a really really good channel if you haven't already seen it. Recently, though, um, they put up Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure filming locations oh, nice. yeah uh so that's well worth watching kindergarten cop is online there as well i know that again that's 90s but with uh, arnie again mm. if you haven't anybody listening if you haven't looked at it please just just go and have a look if you've got any interest in in films they're so fascinating and they're one of those because all the videos they range from about three minutes to about six minutes it's what you oh i'll watch one more oh and then another one oh look at that film's on there so uh, yeah, that's that's really well worth watching, mate. Um, Sci-fi's Day of the Dead, ten episode series. Uh oh. 
Yeah, I mean the remake of Day of the Dead. Is this out? <laughs> it's, I Has don't this been think... on for ten weeks? Or... <laughs> no, I don't think it's. I don't think it's been released yet. I think the release date is coming up. Um, the remake of, I mean, obviously Day of the Dead, the film itself, absolute stone cold classic. The remake that was done of it, I don't know, X amount of years ago, absolute bollocks. Um, I don't hold much out for this. I mean, I'll probably watch one. Maybe two, all of them if it's good, but I'll be going in with low expectations. That's for sure. Yeah, I didn't even know this again. Didn't even know this was happening. Is this a recent announcement? That yeah, they filmed some of the episodes. Uh, I think it was at the back end of last year, um, and I saw the main thing that brought it to my attention was Laurie from Day of the Dead. She's been tweeting about it, and she tweeted just today a link to more news about it as well. Um, she's not in it unfortunately but i don't know do we need do we want even a day of the dead tv series well i don't know debatable isn't it really yeah very much so i can't again for different reasons what's the point Hmm. watch the film again just watch the film Yeah. yeah it doesn't matter how many times you watch it it's still really good uh john carpenter and his wife Sandy King Carpenter, both of whom have been guests with us, mate, haven't they? We've had a chat with both of them. Uh, oh, yes, yes, I know. Yeah, I know what this is about. Yeah, they're in the podcasting world. They've signed a deal with uh, Serial Box, and they're going to be creating a load of different uh, horror-themed podcasts. Um, what would be nice, and it probably won't happen, because obviously when we spoke to him, it didn't sound like something he was that interested in. It would be him going back and talking about his films, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that holds his interest anymore. You know? I don't think it is, no, and I think he's going to play a role like he does with the um, with the comics, and he's going to be more of just like a producer and overseeing things and making sure it's, it's all put together and they'll be... Well, you know where he got the itch from? Yeah, it was, uh, it was talking to us, mate. It was talking to us, us interrupting his uh, video game playing to have a chat with us. Nerding uh, out about his films where he clearly couldn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I'd be more into Synthwave when um, we spoke to him. We, I could have got him onto that. We could have had a... Yeah, yeah. Because his love seemed to be music music and video games now, which is fair, fair play. Yeah. Sandy was lovely, though. They were both lovely. They were in different ways. <laughs> yeah, definitely different ways. Uh, and I, we haven't released either of those yet. Re-released them under the no. 60 MW banner. So, and uh, John Carpenter, of course, has got a new album. His lost, his next Lost Dreams album is out. Yes, of course. March, I think. Yeah, not long. Not long at all. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a single so far. Often, I've been very good. So, I mean, it's John Carpenter. So, yeah, I'm... yeah, it's so good that he's been making you know more new music over these past few years. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, mate, uh, in the, in this section before um, the Grim Reaper appears, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow, we're counting down. I'm just looking at the counter now. As we record now, the live counter is 21 hours, 23 minutes and 14 seconds before the Hoff auction begins. David Hasselhoff selling off a load of his personal items. Uh, screen and stage-worn wardrobe, awards, scripts, toys, autographed items, photographs, music, film and television uh, memorabilia, all for sale. Uh, so this this episode, by the time it's released, this would have finished unlucky. 
So, but, but I don't think we'll be bidding on anything, even though we've got time to do it. Looking at some of the prices, because it's a lot. He's even selling his own personal kit Night Rider car. Wow, he's fucking hard up, isn't he? It, well, and there's bids already been put on it. Um, as I'm looking at it now, it is currently up to $475,000. Well, he'll be sorted. He will be. The cheapest well, thing... I say that. I don't know how, what his uh, debts are. <laughs> <laughs> the cheapest thing... He could sell his fucking jockstrap from um, Nick Fury or something. Well, there are pants of his you can buy, mate, as well. Autograph, too. Get someone could get a pefetina. Yeah. <laughs> You're like Dennis Hopp from Blue Velvet with them, aren't she? That's it. Just oh, how unfortunate that Christmas has gone. That would imagine her face Christmas morning only. <laughs> it's a pair of yeah, you wouldn't have seen her the rest of the day. That's it. Now disappeared, mate. You won't uh, disturb on the door. Yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, there's seven pages of all different items, and I'm just looking at page one. I, I looked through all the pages earlier, but on page one, the cheapest thing you can get at the moment, uh, and it's had six bids, and it's currently on $150, is a 20-inch David Hasselhoff autographed cardboard standee. Wow. Uh, but yeah, there, there is some good stuff. There's his own personal dressing gown that you could buy. I don't Does know. he have anything left? I don't think he will. The... You remember the episode of The Simpsons where it's just Lenny in that empty house? He's <laughs> out of a cat. He's just in his vest and his pants. That's it. Uh, I was looking if there was... fucking wallpaper. And nothing else. Nothing else whatsoever. There's, um, there's, no, there's no leftovers from that hamburger that he tried to eat while he was pissed. <laughs> I did think of that. I was trying to make. A, I was trying to think of a joke about That's like <laughs> just to have that framed. Uh, yeah, half-eaten, part regurgitated hamburger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you're into David Hasselhoff, there's like there's a shed load of stuff here. And... I'll be interested to see what some of the stuff goes. So I mean, I'm just looking over. I've still got that massive Knight Rider DVD box set, which he signed the lid of when I um, met him the second time. Mm. So. That's enough for me. There's uh, from the SpongeBob the movie. There's Big Dave. It's that massive figure of him, and that's currently a hundred thousand dollars. It does seem there's bids on everything at the moment. The cheapest ones are there's still oh one hundred and twenty five dollars is the cheapest thing. But hopefully, he just wants to clear out. I mean, yeah, maybe he's just realised like this is just stuff. Um, hopefully, it's not a case of like we're going to come for your thumbs. <laughs> Yeah, and he needs money and quick. Yeah, been running up some debts. Hopefully it's just, let's have a clear out. Yeah. But it's good, though. It's nice to have a look. I'm sure it'll still be online by the time this episode comes out. Uh, Yeah. It'll be interesting to have a look and see how much everything's sold for. Anyway, that would be quite interesting. Um, But, yeah, seven pages of stuff to flick through. So if you like your David Hasselhoff, go on there. It's on a site called liveauctioneers.com. That's the site to look for. It's on on there. Uh, Right then, mate. Shall we uh, invite the dark one in? Because there's a big list, mate. There is a big list, unfortunately. So let's get this I bit. Love, you fucking love this. <laughs> what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? As if, as if I would. <laughs> let's get him done. Here he is. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you dance with the reaper. <laughs> I'm uh, going to begin with one that's more personal to me, although you might know the name. I'm 
it came up on my radar because he's an ex-Pittsburgh Steeler NFL footballer. Um, he got drafted into the NFL in 1958. It's Kevin Green. Uh, he played for the Steelers between 93 to 95. But he joined in 96, the WCW. Yes, he did. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, he did. He was like, I mean, at the same time, have you ever heard of Steve? Have you heard of Steve McMichael? The, yeah, that name's familiar to me. Yeah. Now he he, I can't remember. I think he played for Chicago at one point, but he was, um, he he properly did wrestling for um like two years, two years solid. Yeah. Um, whereas Kevin Green just came and did a couple of matches here and there. Um, but it was like, so they sort of came in at the same time. But Kevin Green was like so, he, like he clearly loved doing it. <laughs> he was like really enthusiastic and you yeah. know he ended up wrestling like Ric Flair and stuff like that so yeah it's a shame because like the moment I saw it I was just like oh no it's like me and Kevin Green oh yeah he was a, he was a great footballer too and uh, he brought that I, it was so nice to hear you say that you know he's so enthusiastic because he was on the football field too he was he was a real was character all, God, they fucking have it this time he was the all time sack leader <laughs> In 1997, 98, I'm sure that record's been broken since, but yeah, he was really I don't good. know what that means, but he, he, hit, he hit that yeah. sack. He hit a lot of, of quarterbacks, put it that way. He hit other men very hard and put them on their backs. <laughs> so, oh, is that what that means? Yeah, so hence why... Oh, no wonder they went on about it so much. Yeah, know. yeah. That, that's what it means. So, uh, yeah, a good transition into, into wrestling then. Yeah, that, that's that's not a good skill set. Anyone sack. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Your your record remains unblemished, Dave. Yes, that's the other sort of sack leader. <laughs> I don't think anyone will ever beat me, mate. No, it's impossible. No, you're still going. That's it. I'm just adding to the numbers all the time. Uh, the next the next one now, although her IMDb um, filmography begins in 1990, she was still a scream queen and. Scream Scream Queens are, you know, and she proudly wore the name Scream Queen, which was huge in the 1980s. Julie Strain um, died also 58, the same age as Kevin Green. Um, Julie Strain, who we're close, I think we were close a couple of times to doing an interview show with her. Yeah, we? yeah, definitely. When we first got into the Andy Sidaris films and we were we were um, interviewing a few, you know, Arlene and others, um, I think we were close to... Um, Getting Julie Strain. Yeah. 134 IMDb credits. And when you, wow. Yeah. Since 1990 as well. Yeah. I mean, there's loads of stuff. There's all the stuff that we lap up. I mean, one of my favourite films that she's in is Psycho Cop Returns. Um, mm. And I did a show with Adam Rifkin, the director of that as well. Um, it is such a good film. I mean, Psycho Cop and Psycho Cop Returns are both really good films. But just a flick through her filmography and yeah i mean she works with you know with she was in films with van damme um and eddie murphy and you know she was in films with a lot of big names as well as you know the real low budget end of uh of horror um yeah shame again mate 58 that's like nothing whatsoever it's terrible yeah Um, yeah i mean just a real shame like i mainly know her from um Sadiasms, and obviously the the Blu-rays that they've been re-releasing mm. uh, have uh, the extras on, and like there's Andy Sadaris intro, and she's on all of them as well. Yeah, uh, with him. So yeah, no, it's a real shame. It is, yeah. 
Um, again, I, I think I mentioned, a, yeah, it was, um, oh, God. Maradona, wasn't it? It was the last episode, I think, that, that died. Another footballer. Again, even though I've got no interest in football now, I did. And I said before, Will Cops was the only football that interested me. And Paolo Rossi, he died age 64. He was the Italian player who won uh, the World Cup in 1982 in Spain. And I remember watching that World Cup. Um, so, yeah, he was a huge Italian player. But like I said, even though I don't follow football now, I remember him. Uh, well, this this person died and then maybe didn't die. Tanya Roberts, we saw, died. I think you yeah, messaged me first of all, didn't you? Is that how it went? Did you message me to say Tanya Roberts has died, I think, to begin with? Yeah, yeah. And then what happened, Tom? I mean, talk us through it, because this is a weird one, to say the least. Yeah, like, so what happened was um, the husband um, was under the assumption she'd passed away in hospital. Mm. Um, and told the family, other members of the family, contacted them, told her agent, who told the press. And like, without... Like, obviously, the detail was too much. Like, it turns out he was wrong and she was still alive. And then he that... thought, you know, it sounded like it sounds pretty horrible, to be honest. A horrible thing to have to go through. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. He, um, her, you know, like he thought, you know, she sort of opened her eyes sort of like one last time and then that was it. Whereas she just opened her eyes and wasn't actually dead. And I don't know if he left the room or. But yeah, I have to go through it twice, basically. Mm, yeah, and not like obviously, like you mentioned, Julie Strange. She there was a, um, you know, like, I think it was literally a year to before she died to the day, there was a incorrect report that she had died when she hadn't. Whereas this was literally, her husband thought she had died, yeah, and her family, because of that, thought she had died, and then she was alive, which is like good. And then the next day, no, she's she has died now. Mm. So it's like having to go through it twice. It's, oh. oh, that's awful, isn't it, mate? It really is. Um, and from her eighties, I mean, obviously, a view to a kill, but Beastmaster, mate. The, yeah, the Beastmaster is uh, say her name, and that's the first film that always comes to mind. And again, not very old, sixty-five. This isn't old, really. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, Alto Reed, he passed away age 72, the saxophonist from uh, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, released some good albums um, during the 80s as well, but released some good albums before then and after as well. Uh, oh, and another really sad one as well, Marion Ramsey, 73, um, Laverne Hooks, of course, in the Police yeah. Academy films. Uh, she was up on stage, was it last year, at Monopoly events? Um, she was up there doing the Q&A. Uh, yeah, and she's passed away. It's, oh, my God, it's too many, along with Jeremy Bullock, Boba Fett himself. He was 75. Yeah, yeah he's gone now. Um, of course, Empire, I mean, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi in the 80s. Awesome. Uh, and even though, you know, you say his name and everybody automatically thinks, Boba Fett. If you're going to be associated with one character, what a cool character to be associated yeah, exactly. with, isn't it? That's, exactly. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Uh, why not do that? Definitely. Um, oh, Babs Windsor. 
Barbara yeah. Windsor, 83. Yeah, I mean, it's been quite a while since we last recorded, so yeah. Yeah, 83. And although the 80s really were her lean years, uh, she didn't do a lot in the 80s. I always think, because uh, one of my favourite comedies of the 80s is Filthy Rich and Cat Flap. Yeah. And uh, she's she's in one of the episodes in that, and which always makes me laugh a lot. So, yeah, even though she wasn't exactly prolific in the 80s, um, yeah, she'll be sadly missed. EastEnders, she finished a career, didn't she, with like being massive in, in EastEnders. So, uh, who else have we got now? Barbara Shelley. Yeah. Uh, of course, really? known a lot, you know, for that Hammer Horror films um, during the 60s. Um, a lot of TV stuff through the 70s and into the 80s. I mean, in the 80s, I mean, just looking now with like the two Ronnies, um, Blake Seven, Bergerac, uh, Doctor Who, EastEnders. There we go. Another EastEnders reference. Um, mm. Yeah, she passed away. She was 88. 88, mate. Yeah. Uh, the, the two two big ones, though. Two ex-guests of us that we talked to on um, 80s Picture House. The first yeah, two, man. Ah, no, it's crazy. The first one we're going to talk about, and it's the first remastered '80s Picture House interview show that we've re-released under the 60MW banner, and it was our chat with uh, Adolfo Shabadu Quinones, um, a, a great guy. And so I'm sure, hopefully, people listening to this have listened to that episode that we've, you know, we released. If you haven't, go back and have a look, and. Um, Download it and listen to it because it's well worth listening to. Only 65, mate. And if you have heard the the show that me and Tom did with him, you'll hear what a great, friendly, knowledgeable guy uh, that he was. Uh, and we've been we talked about this off air, didn't we? When we found out that he died of um, the the emails that we swapped with him. What a lovely guy! And how he came back on and he recorded a message. It was it was for one of the birthday shows, wasn't it? For his picture house. Yeah, one of the birthday shows. And you know, like the initial emails we'd um, we we exchanged, and um, you know, for the just the interview show, and then asking him to come back on, and he recorded just the nicest uh, you know, of all the things. I've noticed such a it's the nicest message for our birthday show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he didn't have to, you know, he wasn't promoting anything. No. Nope. You didn't, you know, he just did a little message. And, it, yeah, it just really meant a lot. And it was just, a, yeah, and it was a, such a shock as well. It was because, you know, he's, he was a fit guy. He's physically fit guy as well, Yeah, he could he? still, you know, he could, I mean, I don't know if he could do all, all the moves he could when he was younger, but, like, you know, he could still break dance, so. Yeah, and he saw um, on his Instagram, he... he posted a, a photograph of himself and he was in bed and he said he felt a bit ill, but he was feeling better. And then less than 24 hours, he wasn't with us anymore, which was like a huge, huge shock. But yeah, I mean, we got great memories of him, like I said, with um, chatting to him, swapping emails with him and that. And he was a, he was a, a true gentleman, wasn't he? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I got the other, the other guest and this, we haven't released this show. Tiny Lister, age 62. Tiny Lister gone now. What? Mm. Oh. He was uh, he was a character when we interviewed him, mate. <laughs> oh my god, he was yeah, he was he was great as well, but oh my, he was he was enthusiastic. <laughs> he was very enthusiastic. Uh yeah, we we got a oh again, we got such a, a bank of shows 
that we did for 80s Picture House interview shows that we haven't released yet. And it was, you know, it, it was a pleasure and an honor being able to chat to these people. And now that they're all slowly just no longer with us, it's, oh, God, I'm so glad that we got the chance to talk to these people, mate. And, you know, we can still listen to them and, and go back and, you know, they're, they're with us in that little bit of a way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, thankfully, that's the end of that list. Cause, no, it's not. Isn't it? Oh, go on. Oh. This, uh, this was today, and I saw it on Twitter earlier. I forgot to tell you. Oh, my God. So go on. I'll do one. Um, Remy Julien has died. It reminds me then. Cause then... Um, stunts, mainly car stunts. Um, he okay. did all the Bond films in the 80s. Oh, wow. Now, the reason this name sticks out was because I always remember, I think it was on ITV, it might have been in the weekends, you know, they used to show good stuff on ITV in the, in the weekends, yeah. like in the afternoons. There used to be, remember those old shows that they showed you about the behind the scenes of movies of stunts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The behind the scenes of stunts of movies, even, say it properly. Um, and always remember his name. They always showed him because he did 222 different movies in his career. Oh, wow. Doing all the stuff, whether it be car stunts or... Um, well, that's called up my okay Google. Sorry, um, <laughs> or anything else, you know, like. But Here are some results from a search. Oh, sorry, that's that's all that right. happens sometimes with my phone. Um, yeah, whether it be car stunts or general stunts, but yeah, he worked on over two hundred films, and I always remember sitting watching those, just like astounded at the stunt work, and they show you how they do it and how you know behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, Remy Julian's name's always I've always stuck with me. Um, because he was on it so much. Oh wow, that's yeah. that's a lot of stunts. That's a lot, a lot of stunts. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he was ninety. So oh, well, good for him then, ninety. And and you know, cheating death probably a shitload. Of oh doing my god, all of those stunts. Yeah, they showed when the stunts go wrong, and he was obviously involved oh, in quite a lot of that. But yeah, yeah, that was quite a shame because it's one of those names you remember when you were watching. Yeah, those shows. Oh, well, hopefully the February show, the list won't be as big. That, yeah, hopefully there won't be a list. That would, that would be nice. <laughs> would be nice. Maybe doubtful, but it would be nice. Uh, well, before we move on to the two films that we're going to talk about, a little surprise for you, mate. A little Ooh. surprise for you. Yeah, let's finish. Let's have a little bit of fun after all that death. Good God. Let's cheer ourselves up. And everybody listening, you can join in too. Let's have a little quiz because oh no i can't have these in a while oh i know yeah this is old school mate on christmas day on channel five here in the uk uh channel five channel five is a a channel for those that don't know that shows garbage mostly (laughs) yeah i was gonna say what's he gonna say here (laughs) (laughs) really cheap television uh yeah it's just shy yeah it is. But the thing that caught my eye as I was just flicking through the channels was, um, and they have a lot of these list shows as well, because they're a piece of yeah. list to make, aren't they? And they're really, really long. They're like about three hours long, at least. This one was Britain's favourite 80s songs. So the whole decade of the 80s, and they, I don't know who they asked. They didn't ask the whole of Britain, that's for sure, because they didn't ask me. Um so Britain's favourite 80s songs. Now, you think how many songs were released in the UK during the 80s? It's thousands and thousands, mate. So yes. I think it was the top 40 that they did. So before it started, I said to Tina, right, I said, I'm going to try and pick one of the top five songs 
I mean, the chances of doing that is pretty fucking slim when you think of the thousands of songs. And I'll go, and then it gives something to look forward to when you get to the end. So I said, right, I'm picking this to see if it's in the top five. And uh, it, it was in the top five, mate. Not, not only was it in the top five, it was number bloody one. <laughs> the guess? So I'm putting well, the pressure is on you now, mate. But well, I, this is a sort of good news, bad news situation for you, Dave, because I was at my friend's at Christmas from Christmas Day because I didn't go to see family. You didn't watch and this, did you? We watched the last half of it. You saw. <laughs> we watched like 19 or 20, but I can only remember what was number one. All right, then. So and I remember number one was last Christmas. Yeah, by Wham, which was number which one. I, I'm like, really? Did you do this poll at Christmas? It was great, yeah. Because I think any other time of the year, no one, no one's fucking saying Last Christmas is the best 80s song ever. No, I wouldn't have said that. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to try and remember what was in the top five. I'm just going to try and remember. I mean, I could probably remember what wasn't. Well, I've got um, the top ten written down. So every, okay, ten. Yeah. Oh. Everybody um, listening, if, if everybody listening, of course, it might be a little bit easier if you're in the UK, but no matter where you are in the world, have a, have a guess. Well, it might be a bit easier for me to remember. Living on a Prayer was one of them, wasn't it? That was number four. Um, yeah, because I remember saying there was some there was some interesting stuff quite high. Um, um, How about this? The, and again, for everybody listening, no Madonna. No Madonna, yeah, no Madonna in, at all in it, at was it? all. Not even just in the top ten. In the whole of the list. Such a, right, you're just like such a weird poll. Like, who do they ask? And why is the Christmas song at number one? I know because it was Christmas, but you felt as if they did this poll in August. It might be a different. It might be like summer songs. Um, was Come a Chameleon in there? It was. That was in the top twenty, if I remember okay. rightly. As I say, the uh, there were some um, culture. There's going to be something. Oh, there was Phil Collins. But I can't remember what song it was. Yeah, it wasn't top ten. No, jeez, I'm not. I, I did watch this. Honest, we did watch. <laughs> Chris on a show we watched like literally almost a month ago, and it's already gone. Yeah. Apart from, um, I'm sure there's people shouting out. Uh, names. Don't you want me? Not top ten. Fucking hell! <laughs> you know what? Oh, sorry, it was. Tell a lie. Number eight. That was number eight. Number eight. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, let's dance, Barry. Nope. Oh, my God. Yeah, some weird ones, mate. There are some weird ones that I wouldn't have thought. Top ten when you think of the yeah, 1980s. Yeah, I remember, I remember we were thinking, well, well, that's a bit of a not your normal choice. Mm. I can't remember, Dave. I'll go through them. So hopefully yeah. everybody listening. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody listening, you've had a chance. 1980s songs. What do you think was in the all-time 1980s songs? Top 10. Have a think. See if you if you guessed any of these, you've done really well. You've done really well. Number 10, ABBA, Super Trooper. Ooh. That was that was the top ABBA song. Uh, apparently, Super Trooper uh, was the best-selling album of 1980. Number, nice. na- number 9, and obviously, this should have been number 1, Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. Oh, yeah. Because we were, like, we're saying, like, yeah, that's the fact there was two rock songs in, in the top ten, I was like, oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, number eight, Human League, Don't You Want Me. Number seven, Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine. Number, yeah. number six, Eurythmics, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. Oh, and yeah. Then, this is an odd chart. It is. And here we go into the top five. Cindy Lauper, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Then number four, Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. Number three, Queen, Radio Gaga. Yeah. 
Number two, the police, every breath you take. And, <laughs> and then, like you said, number one, last Christmas, which was number one in December 1984, but was also number one here in the UK on January the 21st, 2021 as well. So, it was? Yeah, 37 years it's later. It's such a weird chart, isn't it? Very weird. Very well, it's not weird. The obvious. But I mean, the big takeaway for me was no Madonna. When you're talking the 80s and. Not like a prayer's not in there. Yeah, that is so weird. Um, she wasn't in the entire chart, was she? Not at all. A, a complete no, no what show. Weird chart. Like, I wonder who they asked and when. There's... That's it. it four questions to ask. It does when, they, when these uh, TV shows do all these, you know top 50, top 20, however, the, any of these list shows. And but I'm pretty it, sure if they polled people, what's the greatest um, 80s song in August, in an August, they'd be, they would, last Christmas would not uh, be in the uh, conversation with it. No, I think you're right, mate, with it being like a, a, a Christmas show really did influence... Um, the voting on it so because if you had to pick you know 1980s christmas songs oh fair enough but yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah and yeah last christmas you couldn't really argue with that no but um, one song that was missing was um when Ryan falls down <laughs> where was that where was it where was it tom i don't know dave where, where Ryan begins to fall sorry that's that's because you weren't asked. That's why. Yeah. What? What? They'll be like, why have you put number one to ten all the same song? I'm like, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> this is my this is my answer. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. There we go, mate. Eighty stuff out of the way. How about that? At last. At, at last, we can stop talking about the eighties. At last, <laughs> we can move on to a couple of nineteen eighties movies, beginning with this one. Um, the first time watch pick that was yours will be back in a minute when Tom, you can regale everybody with your choice. They are coming, traveling through time and space. Their leader is Absid. Their mission is for science. Their only vice. We used to sit around at night watching old time movie shows. Is music. You didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know. What did you think? What did you think? We didn't think at all. Voyage. Of the Rock Aliens. Dusty. Their destination is the home of Dee Dee, the hottest ticket in town. Her boyfriend, Frankie, the hottest temper in town. And his band, The Pack, who are always cooking. But things are about to get hotter. All it took was just one look, and Dee Dee short-circuited his fuse box. Uh, some guys will do anything to press a girl. Now Dee Dee's got her chance. Why don't you sing with us? This guy's gonna be dog meat. But the pack want his head. We're starving. Sorry, guys. I guess I made a wrong turn. Let's dance. Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Dance. It's magical. Maniacal. Could, could you wait? 
for sure. It's got tunes. See, you never took auto shop. No. And tune-ups. It's okay. It's full of surprises. Watch it. And the beat never stops. Pia Zadora, Tom Nolan, Craig Sheffer, Ruth Gordon, and a special appearance by Jermaine Jackson. So keep your eyes and ears open. And who's that? Your town might be next. Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Okay, so my pick. So when I'm doing first-time watches, obviously the go-to thing now is Amazon Prime because there's just a wealth of shit on there. My God, I think <laughs> if any of you guys listening have ever sat down and just gone, clicked on something and then more like this and more like this, you can spend hours just delving and obviously, at the same time, we go on Letterboxd and mm. IMDb now just to check things out. So um, I don't know where I where it came from, but I've, I scrolled to a film called Voyage of the Rock Aliens from 1984, and the cover art looked insane, incredible, exactly up, up our street. Mm -hmm. But so many times we've been stung by oh. cover art looking insane and incredible and right up our street. So, Letterboxd checked out, IMDb checked out, so I went for it. And I was just like, didn't even watch a trailer. And I'm just like, okay, it says it's a bit, there's a bit of music in it. <laughs> and that's all I knew. I was just like, yeah, there might be, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, there'll be a song or something, you know, like on the credits. Um, and so, left it there. Um, and then, was it last week? I, uh, last Thursday? Yeah, last Thursday. Just over a week ago, I put it on, and I didn't know it was a musical, <laughs> for starters. <laughs> I mean, I, just backtrack, I didn't know what it fucking was when it started. <laughs> so we begin with what sounds like the intro to Sweet Dreams Are Made Of This. Like that sort of synth beat. Um, I thought it was Sweet Dreams Are Made Of This, it's start and then i just realized it's knockoff it was a song called as i checked my song book <laughs> um open hearted by the band real life um and there's a star wars shot i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go beat by beat through the entire film but i'm just trying to set a scene here yeah yeah um and obviously the um the star wars shot of a ship you know the first thing you see in star wars yeah and it's a guitar shaped ship because mm -hmm. of course it is and there's a robot on this ship who's scuttling around this empty ship and he's looking for intelligent signs of life on other planets and he looks at video weird videos of just odd stuff like oldie timey dancing and stuff and then he switches to our planet which is a <laughs> which is represented by some blokes in shades and it slowly pans across to Jermaine Jackson and some music kicks in I don't know what's happening. Um, Dave, you can tell us exactly your experience with this in a minute. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. 
but like synth music kicks in and a beat dun, 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 and then like then um a load of guys with these um sort of like nun-esque head coverings um <laughs> on bikes uh, with a girl on the back of one of the bikes they start on mo- coming along the beach and um Jermaine Jackson goes, oh, here they come now. And I'm just like, you know when you're watching a film or something and you just know someone's going to burst into song any minute? Mm, yeah. And I was just I was like, again, didn't know this was a musical, so didn't have a clue. Like, I'm just like, man, someone's going to sing in a minute. And then <laughs> Jermaine Jackson starts singing. Um, and then it's just this music video. I mean, I still didn't know it was a music video. I didn't know what was happening. I was just like, this is the weirdest fucking opening to a film we've ever done. Like I was messaging you saying like, I've had to pause it. It's insane. <laughs> and yeah. It's just this full music video with Jermaine Jackson and the girl the back is the lead in Voyage of Rock Aliens, Pia Zadora. Um, they do a duet together in this sort of like, um, one of those weird sort of not futuristic but post-apocalyptic kind of things and then that's the end of when that video ends it goes back to the robot and he was like yeah that will do as a planet we're gonna go here based on this <laughs> so and then the film begins so that music video like Jermaine Jackson isn't in this film like I have I, I, I now own the blu-ray and He's listed as one of the leads. He is not in this film. He's just in the music video, which they decided to put in this film. Um, what was your thought process in the first five or ten minutes of this film, Dave? I I had no idea what I was watching. I had no idea where I was, who I was. <laughs> I'd lost all sense of time and space and reality. It is absolutely fucking insane. Like you said, I don't think... I've ever seen that it's such a bonkers start to a film ever. And again, I, I didn't know. All I knew is from the messages that I'd got from you because you watched it about a week before that we did. So all you did was prime us up just to say, first 10 minutes or so, just let me know what you think. It's a bit weird. Uh, oh, my God, mate. Like you, I had no idea what was going to happen next. Or, I mean, it... How do, how do you begin with it? I mean, it says a lot already. You've said you own it on Blu-ray now. So again, everybody listening, Tom's watched this, immediately went and ordered next it. Day. Next day. Like, and the only reason that it was next day was because the, the day I watched it was a day before payday and I was getting... <laughs> so I had to wait about 12 hours. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's on my to-buy list. It will be on Blu-ray here as well. So I think that says a shed load yeah. for people so, that know about our taste in films. So that's happened, and then the robot creates these the rock aliens, these men, um, by putting some toys in a washing machine. Um, it's best. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're asking questions. It's best you don't ask any questions. Yeah. This film. Don't don't. And then yeah. <laughs> they're now steering the ship towards Earth, and then it's only then when they sing their song at twenty first century. Like, and I'm just like, oh, they're fucking singing as well then. This is a musical then. Okay. That's when I realised this is actually a musical, this film. Um, so so the aliens, you know, like, as I said, I'm not going through all the plot points because you should just watch it. But I'm going to go through some of the songs. There's a lot of songs. Um, then we were introduced to Pia Zadora's character, um, who, who sings a song on a beach. Um, 
not before there's a a Neil Sedaka song, Dave. Yes. Um, on the Blu-ray, another reason to own the Blu-ray, is the music video for this Neil Sedaka song. I didn't realise it was Neil Sedaka. Oh, my God. He's a, he, he did a jellyfish song, didn't he? On It was him that did the jellyfish on the William Greffe box set from Arrow. Yeah. Yeah. He's... He's connected to some fucking weird films. <laughs> you would have thought Neil Sedaka would, and cult movies would be something that overlapped more than once, but here yeah. we are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of a background song. There's sort of like background montage songs. And then Pia Sedora is sort of like, it's like a beach song, Real Love, that one's called. And um, Pia Sedora's voice, Dave. I mean, is she... What I I knew the name at Pia Sedora, um, and I think I've seen a couple of films of her and not aware that it was her or anything about her. Okay. What do you, you know about Pia Sedora? I remember when Pia Sedora was a big celebrity and was in all the newspapers here, and it was a big deal, and mostly because she was married to a billionaire who was about 30-odd years older than she was i think she was okay know. so was this a deal of like she got on these films yes. and out these albums because she, could do, she was minted yeah. by default yeah even though okay. she couldn't act she was put in films even though she couldn't sing she made albums uh <laughs> even though she couldn't dance she would dance in the film she could do whatever I mean, she wanted to because her billionaire husband bankrolled everything and i mean so this makes her perfect for a shit film it does because it does. if you want a shit musical where the lead actress can't sing, dance, or act. <laughs> she, uh, she, bingo for all three, right there. Yeah, with brilliant! Her. Like you could have cast it better. So I didn't know who she was. Yeah, she was, so and she was, um, she was, she was, she was a sex symbol at the time as well, which I've never, she's never done anything for me, mate, at all. It's I mean, like, I'm sure you know. There's, you know, there's people you know find, you know, yeah. other, you know, some there's someone for everyone out there. So well, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you, but um, but she yeah, was, yeah. that's why she was she was one of those. She was one of those. I mean, there's so many people now that are famous for being famous, you know, for doing absolutely yeah. fuck all. She was like an early version of that, really, and she just got this really, really uh, very wealthy older husband, which allowed her to do anything she wanted to do. And uh, yeah, going back to her voice, mate, her singing. Oh my! Well, I used the term it's singing. Quite deep. It, uh, yeah. Not and, like, but and completely out of tune as well, which yes. doesn't help. In when you also worked in this film, I mean, it yeah. was perfect for this film. It did work perfectly, mate. Yeah, the stars aligned definitely. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I'm just going to hit on the songs. Really, there's a, there's, there's, there's all sorts going on. There's a, but it's, I, one of the first thoughts I had was like, my God, this is, is almost like Streets of Fire. But if Walter Hill had suffered some sort of brain injury, why he was making—that's an awesome way to describe it. What a great way to describe it. That is <laughs> that is better for a film because we were watching it and watched it with Tina, and I was saying, "How is Tom going to describe this film?" Because it's like, you know, I'm watching it and I've got no fucking idea what's going on. That's really and one of the songs, and you'll probably no because you've got like the blu-ray now there was one and it was just like somebody was and i said to tina watching it, it was halfway through the song and i 
I said to her, I said, oh, I bet whoever wrote this was writing it and going, oh, yeah, fuck you, Jim Steinman. This has got you beat. <laughs> and it was like it was like a really, really bad Jim Steinman ripoff that had the added advantage, uh, advantage of being sung really, really shit. <laughs> it was, it, it was oh, oh yeah it was uh, it was amazing yeah i mean yeah that might be she doesn't mean a thing to me i mean it could be any of any number of songs there's a lot of songs in this like i've written down <laughs> some of them like there's a lot of songs on this film um but yeah there's definitely like it it's like you've got this sort of devo-esque um, alien band who are actually a band which explains why they can fucking act or sing <laughs> <laughs> like the main one with a bowl cut could not sing very well and I think they were because they say like in the credits says it credits a band and I think they were the band oh, okay so they weren't I don't think they were actors but they're not very good at the old singing but mm. they they had a look about them which I guess in the 80s was all that counted yeah um uh, so, but yeah, the Walter Hill Streets of Fire thing because there's that weird sort of fifties rock and roll, but it's yes. still the eighties sort of thing going yeah. on. The yeah. aesthetic, yeah. Like there's diners and quiffs, and there's a troublemaker and Justine are two songs that are like full on fifties rock and roll sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a song in a toilet, which has got loads of leg ups, which I'm. I took pictures of the leg ups, mate, and it and it begins. As I have never seen it's it's a slow pan across the bottom of uh, inside female toilets, and all you Your see is, 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 is feet with knickers around the ankles, and then yeah, they do start a song. They do the dance move with the feet stretching the knickers around the ankles, and you're going, "What the fuck am I watching?" Like, you're already in a bit like at this point, you've had a Jermaine Jackson music video. For no reason. You've had some toys turned into men. Um, you've had Piers Adora try and fail to sing a couple of times. You've had some <laughs> 50s rock and roll. Then we cut to pants around ankles. <laughs> song number. Song and dance number in the box. Um, now, what this film does is, like, I think it's supposed to be like a spoof or a parody or a comedy, but it the comedy is so fucking lame. But it's not. It's a bit. It's sad. It's not funny. It's like you. You're not laughing with the film. You're laughing at it. It's, yeah. Um. Because at the end of the song, the toilet, like, because the friend of Piers Adora asks, like, oh, what do you mean? And then she does a full song, and she then she was just like, oh, you could have just said yes or no. That was like, that's a that's a punchline. You know, it's yeah. funny. It's not funny. <laughs> so it's got that added bonus. On top of all this that we've already said, like it's lame comedy that doesn't land, but it but that works as well because in a mix of everything else, like the bad acting, the bad singing, the confusion and the costumes and the hair and everything else, it got shit comedy. So um, now there's a song later in it. We're getting into the it's it's a big number of a song, and I think it's what it might have also been called in Germany. This film at one point, "Let's Dance Tonight." Okay, yeah. Um, so that's a song. What that what that the um, alien band starts singing, and the fifties band takes over. Then it goes back to the alien band, which I thought was quite. God, I almost said cool. That's not the word. <laughs> that's quite, I thought it was quite. It was something, you know, like they took over, and it's the same song. Um, yeah. 
I instantly recognised this song um, because uh, David Hasselhoff once sung it. Oh my god! I think the video. I mean, it's not a video; it's just the song was sung by David Hasselhoff. But yeah, yeah this was it was about 1990s. So it was after the Piers Zadora version. Um, it was uh, covered by David Hasselhoff. You can find it on YouTube. Let's dance tonight. So I, from someone who used to listen to the best of David Hasselhoff way too much. I knew this song very well. I was like, oh, my God, they're doing the Hasselhoff song. Um, it's not the Hasselhoff song. I guess it's the Zadora song. Um, uh, but, yeah, I thought from a sort of movie standpoint, I thought, you know, the fifth, you know, them taking over and doing it in a 50s style and then going back to the, well, you know, the 80s style was... It worked. It did work well. It did work yeah, well. Yeah, I, I can't find the words because this film is awful. <laughs> I don't know, like, yeah, that bit was really well done. <laughs> it's, um, but there is one bit, and I know I spoke to Tina briefly earlier, and I know it's her favourite bit of the film. So we've got the um, Piazadora's character is stuck with her horrible boyfriend, Frankie, who's a, who doesn't like her singing or doing anything. And, like, they're going to break up. She's broken up with him at this point in, in later on in the film. She's broken up with him. You're done. She's going to go and get off with the bowl-cut alien, you know. Um, so Frankie, this guy had been a bit like, you know, just the bully dickhead character in these films all the way through. Pretty unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, until he sort of opens his locker and looks at a post, like a publicity photo of Zipizadora. His locker that was like about four lockers joined together. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a bully. He's taking other people's lockers. So yeah. he's got one. Mega locker, like <laughs> Megazord in the Power Rangers. It's like Mega Locker, and he just starts singing this song. <laughs> and this song, the nature of the beast. Oh, good lord! Why did this guy not have more songs on his own in this film? The the video that <laughs> that accompanies it, the the imagery of him <laughs> topless. And oh, the look, the sultry looks into camera that he gives. Oh my, oh, smouldering, mate, smouldering. It's it's fucking crazy. We were pissing ourselves laughing during this song. <laughs> now this is the sort of thing. It's like there is no way this could have been parody. Like there's no way this film would have been that sharp. With you like taking the piss out of things, there is no way it was too shit for that to be possible. Yeah, I just can't see it like i think it as far as it goes i think it was trying to be funny in the bits where it was trying to be funny and it fell on its ass like the robot by the way at one point um to be inconspicuous turns into a fire hydrant <laughs> and that's that's what i think it was going for comedy wise but there's no way with that especially the nature of the beast video mm-hmm. which is also on youtube so you can go and watch it um or watch a film my god go on amazon prime and watch the film glorious 95 minutes um there is no way this was like tongue-in-cheek no it's one of those perfect which are the best ones where it 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 thinks it's more than it turns out to be they aim to make a really great movie that uh, but it just ends up the complete it does end up being a great movie but in another way that we think it's great yeah so um he's already ditched his mates his gang mates and it's 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 sort of like this redemptive song for him, which, like, he's been a dick for the whole film, and he just sings this song, and it, like, turns him good. 
through singing that song. And... I mean, it just really books, <laughs> like he's only just sung a song and there's been a couple of leopards in it. Yeah. And there's um a bit where he's just flat, like doing a one arm push up on a chasm in the mountain <laughs> after he's ripped his shirt off. <laughs> I mean, it's unreal. Um, if people, sort of if brings... people are not pausing right now, mate, to order this on Blu-ray after everything. <laughs> Oh my god! I, you just reminded me of that shot. I want like that one arms push up shot. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, and he carries on singing. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, well, he's a multi-talented man, and I mean, and then you know they end up together. Uh, the, the aliens leave. Um, I mean, a lot more happens in this film. I don't know if there's any. Special moments you want to touch on, Dave, but um, I don't want to go into like too much. But yeah, yeah, we don't want to completely spoil it because yeah. this really, this really is a film that everybody needs to watch. We should also point out as well that Frankie, the you know the one arm push up guy, uh, is is Craig Sheffer from Nightbreed. He's the main guy in Nightbreed. So oh you, shit, yeah, of course he is. Yeah, so if you want to see, you go, oh yeah, Nightbreed, that's good. You'll look at you'll look at Nightbreed differently after watching Voyage yeah, of the Rock Aliens. Trust me. Uh, you can also buy the soundtrack as well. It's on CD and, and vinyl. As well. So, you know, knock yourself out and get that. Order the Blu-ray and oh, you know, and the soundtrack as well. As well. Yeah, the Blu-ray is Amazon Germany because I don't know what it is about Germany. I guess, you know, you can connect it to David Hasselhoff as well. They like some weird shit in Germany. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and... Um, yeah, it seemed to be quite big in Germany. The extras on the Blu-ray um, include a whole bunch of music videos um, from a film, some of which aren't actually from the film. A lot of them, like the toilet, like the toilet song "You Bring Out the Devil in Me" and yeah. uh, "The Nature of a Beast" are just the clips from the films. But like the Neil Sedaka song and the song from a star, and I think one other's an actual completely separate music video. Um, well, there was a song, and it wasn't. It was because this. It is basically. Uh, the whole film is a succession of music videos thinly strung together by a bizarre plot. They just, I don't think more than five minutes goes by without a song appearing, does it? I don't think there's no. more than about five minutes. But there's one bit, and it's a song that's in the background. It's actually played while there's, and I use, you know, in, inverted quotes, acting going on. And I said to Dean, oh, my God, listen, what song? And it's Back on the Street by uh, Vinnie Vincent wrote it. Um, yes, yeah, I saw Vinnie Vincent had a um, yeah. writing credit on the song. Yeah, by his name of Vincent Cusano. And he's, of course, you know, the um, he did it with uh, Vinnie Vincent Invasion. But I'd never heard this this version of it by a band called Three Speed. So that was that was kind of cool because that was new to me. So, you know, a sort of Kiss-related thing going on and a cover version that I've not heard of uh, Vinnie Vincent song. So I thought, yeah, oh, that's interesting. And it was like, yeah. oh, I thought, oh, my God, imagine if Piers Adora had sung it. <laughs> so I was like, I'm that. It. <laughs> oh, my God, no. Uh, it's... And you said as well, you know, it's an hour 37. Normally films like this are about 80 minutes. They just, you know, in and out and done quickly. Hour 37, didn't once look at the clock. It flew no, by. I mean, Never. You cannot get bored too watching Too terrified film. to look at the clock. Because yeah. if, you, if your eyes glanced away from the screen, even briefly, you might miss some other weird exactly. shit. Exactly. You just, you have no idea what's going to come on screen next. And it, nine times out of ten, it's something that you're definitely not expecting and just makes your jaw drop to the floor. 
it's uh it's one of the best picks mate for a long long time and yeah i'm gonna be doing the same as you picking it up on blu-ray adding it to the collection and watching it quite a few times yeah because um it could easily be taken off Amazon Prime. That's why I went for it. Yeah. And it's a, the Blu-ray. I think the Blu-ray and the Amazon Prime stream are the same. Basically, it's a 2K restoration mm-hmm. done by that Platinum Cult Edition guy in Germany. Oh I'm God. sure if you collect Blu-rays, you know that name. He does. He does up a lot of uh, more obscure stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's uh, the the Blu-ray is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. One final point. Mm-hmm. And it's who directed this film. Oh, yeah. Go on. <laughs> this was James Fargo who directed this film, who um, up till then was known for Forced Vengeance, the Chuck Norris film, mm-hmm. Every Which Way But Loose, yes. and another Clint Eastwood film, a Dirty Harry film at that, yes. The Enforcer. <laughs> it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. It just... directed this. <laughs> Whoa. Went, I think the last film we did before this was Forced Vengeance. <laughs> it's bonkers, mate how can you go from like the enforcer and every which way but loose and forced vengeance to voyage of the rock aliens it's like what was he taking lots of drugs or something i mean i I can only imagine yes (laughs) oh so there we have it yeah like one of the i was saying this to tina earlier like Every time, like, we start to think, okay, these sort of films, mm. we've seen them all now. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing this for nine years. Like, if there were any more, we'd know about them by now. And then every now and again, boom, mm-hmm. somehow another one crawls out of a woodwork. <laughs> if anybody's listening and you've got some recommendations for us, of you know films like this that you know the i don't think there's many films exactly like this. well yeah there'll be nothing like this but the you know the weird and wonderful it's a, a term used a lot is you know so bad they're good kind of films if you, you think there's any that we might not have seen please just send us an email and let us know because finding cinematic gold like this really cheers me up <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's uh yeah it's an absolute treat mate so awesome pick mate awesome pick i mean you know i'm, I'm not even gonna say was it worth watching because of course it fucking was of course it was worth absolutely. watching yeah absolutely i just yeah i mean i just you know like i didn't read reviews i quickly just like glanced at the scores of, of the first three, basically, like on Letterboxd, you see the first three reviews, and I was like, okay, overall score looks all right. These reviews seem enthusiastic, mm. but I'm not going to read any more. Didn't even know it was a musical. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, please, so, everybody, buy it. Please buy it. Buy it straight. Well, you'll, if, you don't, if you stream it first, you'll end up buying it. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you enabler, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, let's let's take a minute to recover and we'll be back with my rewatch pick. Are you stuck in a dead-end job? We're going to be killed! Oh, no. Just keep your hands on the wheel and slow down! Not <laughs> Personal problems got you down. You can't go! All the plants are going to die! Well, the U.S. Army can turn your life around. Before I knew it, she was walking next to me, singing, do I did it, did it, do 
Join a whole new breed of professionals. Learn what it's like to feel like a man. Get your body into incredible shape. Muscles, I love those muscles. Dillman! Master important career skills. What are you going to do with that? This. And this. <laughs> Who's your friend? Who's your buddy? I am, aren't I? And represent your country in foreign lands. So, if you're a man who likes to take charge of your own life... So, am I to understand that you men completed your training on your own? That's the fact, Jack! That's the fact, Jack! And this looks like your kind of challenge... Green killer! You're a lean, mean, fighting machine! I'll do it! Join Bill Murray... In stripes. This could be the best experience of your life. What the? A surprise party? I'll kill you. Whose idea was this? So, after that awesome choice by Tom, my rewatch pick, which uh, celebrates its 40th anniversary this year, released in 1981, The Comedy Stripes, starring Bill Murray, Harold Ramis. Oh, it's got PJ Souls in it, John Candy in it, uh, the cast, Judge Reinhold. Awesome, awesome cast. Uh, directed by Ivan Reitman. Surely nothing can go wrong. Surely. I mean, what a lineup. 80s, Reitman, Ramis, Murray, Candy, oh. Reinhardt, Pesols, oh. John Larroquette. Oh. My God. Oh. Oh. Royalty. Exactly. Yeah. I pick it. I remember watching it on VHS way back when and going, that was a good film. The reason I picked it, of course, 40th anniversary, good reason to pick it. And, and it's another classic one of, oh, I remember enjoying that way back when. Let's have a rewatch of it. Wish I hadn't rewatched it, mate. Wish I'd kept my memories of watching it on VHS. Leave your memories alone. Yeah, yeah. It's not aged well whatsoever. I can honestly say that me and Tina watched it. We did not laugh once. Not even once now. And we've mentioned him before. Mark Kermode, a big film critic over here, probably the most famous film critic over here. He's got his thing called the Six Laugh Test for comedy films and uh, he says and i completely agree with him if it's a comedy film you need it needs to raise at least six laughs if you laugh six times it's been successful like i said didn't laugh once got so bored we've just been talking about voyage of the rock aliens which said was uh our hour 37 this is <laughs> this is only nine minutes longer i looked at the clock wow. so many times watching this mate i got so bored so early with it it is unbelievable uh it's it's almost like a three act well i mean most films are three acts story but it's really divisive because it begins the start i would say is my favorite bit even though he didn't laugh and there's, <laughs> there's bill murray who plays john and you see him and he's driving a cab and he but he's 
he doesn't want to be a cab driver forever. He's just doing it to raise some money. He wants to be a photographer. He's sort of a failed photographer, and that's what he wants to do, but he's not making any money at it. And his friend, Russell, uh, who is Harold Ramus, you see him uh, teaching English as a second language. And again, he's not having a good time of it. So um, John, Murray's character, persuades Russell that they should join the army. Moving on to the next stage of the story, they join the army and meet up with a whole parade of characters and much fun is supposed to have been had as they go through their training. And then they go off on this trip in a, which is a bus, but it's really an army vehicle that's all souped up with these weapons that look a bit shit, really. And it's supposed to be espionage and danger with laughs thrown in. None, none of it works. I mean, we've talked enthusiastically about Voyage of the Rock Aliens. I'm going to talk for a lot longer about it. And we've got to this, and it was so boring. I don't even want to talk about it, which is a bit shit for an audio podcast, let's agree. But, but it was, I found, now Bill Murray, I love Bill Murray, and I find him very funny and enjoy a lot of his films. And very often he plays a character that's that's really similar, you know, the sarcastic yeah. type who's, you know, against society and he's always got these quips. It's exactly the same in this. But in this, I found his character so fucking annoying that I, yeah. didn't you? And again, am I, I mean, right yeah, in saying, would you agree with that? that? He, he, he plays... This is a variation of Venkman mm. and, and Ghostbusters and like Phil in Groundhog Day. I mean, he yeah. doesn't play those characters as much now, but you know, like back then the, it was. Though, eight, wasn't it? Nine, like, oh, and um, the Scrooge character, like ah, this character in Scrooge, like the, the Bill Murray comedy yeah. role. But there's just something wrong. He just come like in those films, in Scrooge, in Groundhog Day, in the Ghostbusters films. He's likable. He is, yeah. At the same time as being a dick. In this film, he's just a dick. Yeah. Like, he is not... There's a scene where he's just like, they go, um, because him and Harold Ramis say, uh, get girlfriends, so it's PJ Souls and Sean Young as well, who's in this, um, and they go and surprise him. And they're just mocking guests at this hotel. And I'm just like, this isn't funny. This is just being a dick. Yeah. Like, you're not being... Like, there's... Like, they're all... All the best, you know, like dick comedy characters, as you know, like that you're supposed to get on with, are likable. Mm-hmm. You have like, you yes. have some empathy for them, don't you? You have zero yeah. empathy for his character whatsoever. You don't care what happens to him. You, I was really just pissed off with him. Um, yeah, and like you know, Harold Ramis, a le- legend, great in Ghostbusters. I don't think he had. Oh God, I've had horrible like these comedy legends. I don't think he had the acting down as well mm. at this point in in the game in 1981. No. Um, like, by 1984, Ghostbusters, yeah, absolutely. But it wasn't very good, which didn't help matters. No. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, you'd think, in, you know, okay, Moe's a dickhead and I don't really like his character and Howard Ramis isn't great in it. you think, but, and all of a, but you'd think there'd be something else in there, but none of it's funny. Except, I mean, I laughed twice, which is twice, <laughs> two more times than you did. And that was both times John Larroquette's character, who was a dickhead, mm. who you're supposed to laugh at, and I did. So the only character I found in this film that served his purpose properly was John Larroquette. Like, when he was spying on the girls in the shower of his telescope, it wasn't that I found funny. 
because that was what, like you say, the film hasn't aged well. One of the many parts of this film that hasn't aged well but is when he gets disturbed and he just just fucks his um, oh, telescope his, through the window. His reaction to it, yeah, yeah, he, and that, and I, I laughed at that because it was funny. But um, and there was another part. I think it was the introduction to his character. I laughed at something in that. Mm-hmm. And John Larroquette is funny, but that was it. Oh yeah, the comedy falls so flat, and we've seen in loads of films. You know, army training is a staple of a lot of comedy films, isn't it? And so much goes wrong in the army training scenes as it does here it's not funny though it's just yeah it just doesn't uh, work no it's awful they just come across as irritating of their little songs they do and like when they show up late to the thing before they go to italy and they do that little routine and i'm just like this is supposed to be funny but it's not and not and unlike voyage of a rock aliens which at points is supposed to be funny and it's just lame again like i said in that whole package of that film that works um, the fact that it's comedy's lame and shit works that film. The fact that the comedy's a bit lame and shit in a film with Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and mm-hmm. Judge Reinhold and John Candy. John Candy's not even likable in this film. No, it's crazy. Likable actors, if not the most likable actors ever. And then, I mean, he doesn't come across as more annoying than Bill Murray or anything, but he's just there, yeah. and it's like. I don't know. It's it seemed to be it was like the perfect storm of everything just not working. Every single bit of it just doesn't work from the writing to the directing to the acting. To I think everything. I think there might have been too much. I don't know how much ad libbing went on, but that might not have helped matters because some of it was clearly like ad libbed. Mm. Um, that probably didn't help much. But um, yeah, and I mean. I, I know we both agree on on this film, but I still think we're going to be in a minority because this is held up as like a classic. Yeah, I'm sure there's people listening to us screaming, going, "What the hell are you talking about? This this is amazing." Well, that's how I, mean, I remembered it. That's why one of the reasons I picked it. I remembered it watching VHS and going back, and for years and years and years and years, my memories have been, "Oh, Stripes, that was a really good film." Oh yeah, I really enjoyed that. And then coming to watch it, I don't think I have ever been so disappointed in a rewatch film as I have watching Stripes. I really haven't. I mean, yeah, I can't argue. I mean, I watched this probably on DVD. And when you said it, I was just like, yeah, I don't even own that. What's up with that? Mm. And then but I would imagine it's probably because I watched it and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I was just, who knows? I mean, a lot of you will have seen it. What do you love about Stripes? Let us know. Um, yeah, please. What do you think of what we've said about like the character? Are you, you know, can you look past Bill Murray's shitty character? And like, I mean, I'll get comedy subjective, I guess, at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, yeah, of course, yeah. A lot of people will find the routines and the the things in this funny. Um, a lot of people find stuff in Voyage of Rock Aliens legitimately funny and laugh with it. But, yeah, I mean, I was just... There shouldn't be a uh, Harold Ramis, Ivan Whiteman, Bill Murray, everyone else film. Because well, I like all their other stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. of course. How weird. Mm. Huge, huge disappointment. And, uh, yeah, like Tom said, let us know. Let us know what you think. Either way, agree with us or disagree. Just let us know your thoughts. But I'm hugely disappointed. And uh, 
wasn't worth a rewatch and will not rewatch it again. No, so, this thing is served. Yeah, it's, I'm just so gutted, mate, with that one of my memories of a film has now been tarnished, that it was like for so long I thought, oh, that's good. And now for the rest of my life, I'm going to be thinking Stripes, that's a bit of a shit film. Yeah, I mean, as, 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 this is how it served to be like, if I ever... However many years down the line, I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen Striped in years. I was like, oh, no, wait a minute. We've talked yeah. about it on the podcast and <laughs> hate it, yeah. apart from two scenes for me. Yeah, this, this is here for life now, mate, to just as that nice little reminder for you. But, um, I was going to say, like, before we went into this bit off air, like, if you looked back last month and were like, we're going to talk about Bill Murray... <laughs> Ivan Reitman, Harold Reimer, Stripes, John Candy, and we're going to talk about Voyage of the Rock Aliens. <laughs> what film are you going to? We're going to be like loving and like going on and on about, being so excited about and laughing and like ordering it on Blu-ray immediately. And what film do we not really want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Really shitty and disappointing, and we feel like we wasted our time watching it. <laughs> <laughs> crazy isn't it that it just totally flipped what we'd have thought would have happened completely turned on its head unbelievable oh well at least you picked a really good one for this episode mate so that's that's something i've let us down big time well it's it's not about that well it is when you pick a bad one yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right then mate let's uh Let's take a minute's break and we'll come back with uh, next episode's picks. And we're back and it's my first time watch pick and I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to beat Voyage of the Rock Aliens in terms of... What a good time watching it. Or maybe I will. Who knows? Because the film that I've never seen before, and I checked just before we started recording with Tom, and he's never seen it before, is right at the start of the decade, 1980. And we're going to watch an action drama thriller called Stir. It stars Brian Brown. I like Brian Brown. I haven't seen him in a film for a while, so it'd be nice to see Brian Brown back on the screens again. Uh, it's a 7.0 on IMDb, okay. which is, wow, and you checked on Letterbox, and it's 3.5 on there, which ties in, because that's out of five over on Letterbox. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a prison movie inspired by a true story, so something a little bit different to what we normally pick. Uh, apart from that, don't know a bloody thing about it, because I've never seen it before. It is on Amazon Prime over here in the UK, so if you want to join along and watch it before we record the February show, that's how you can find it in the UK. So, yeah, there you go, mate. Stir, Brian Brown, bit of prison action for us. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So, my rewatch pick, a film that we have both watched. <laughs> now, are you sure? Because you it's, wanted to surprise me recording, so you're, yeah, you're, you're rolling uh, the dice we on this. we have both watched. Um, it's from 1984. Mm-hmm. It's directed by James Fargo, stars mm. Pia Sedora. What the fuck? Can I, are we allowed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Fine, let's just do the Friday the 13th remake from 2009. Oh, okay. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Never get my way. No, you're not going to watch 
Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Well, you are going to watch Voyage of the Rock <laughs> Aliens again, but yeah, not for the show, but you, I know you are going to watch it again. The Friday the 13th remake. Oh, yeah. I only, it, um, I only saw that once back when it was released. That was it. Yeah, same. It's on Netflix in the UK if you want to watch it on there. Um, I'm actually going to finish my Scream Factory Friday the 13th box. If for some reason I haven't finished, that's the only one outstanding, so I'll mm. watch my Blu-ray of that. So... All right. Interesting, mate. Yeah, yeah. Can't... The 80s connection, because yeah. it's a remake. It's a... Yeah. Can't remember a bloody thing about it, so that, that should I be remember good. not minding it, but... Hmm. <laughs> Stripes. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need to say. That's sort of a one-word thing. That, yeah, that's going to be the word for yeah. uh, this sort of thing coming in the future. Yeah, we, all we have to say is Stripes from now on, about anything like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Two interesting ones for February. So, again... Uh, if you want to join in, they're the two films to watch before we record the February show. Uh, before then, of course, go to the website, 60mw.co.uk. Contact us from on there. Email us direct, contact at 60mw.co.uk. Apart from that, all the other links are on the website, all the social media, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, join in on the world tour. Send us a review. Just have a hunt around the website. News reviews, everything. Uh, and we'll be back next month with uh, Friday the 13th Remake and Stir. So, uh, yeah. Are you going to go off and put the Voyage of the Rock Aliens soundtrack on now, mate, and have a bit of a dance? Well, to be fair, this afternoon, I pretty much, I didn't watch the entire film, but I did, to make my little list of the songs, I did watch a big chunk of it again, so. <laughs> so, yes, I will go and watch it again. <laughs> and the soundtrack. Oh, I've just, got the, I've just got the image of Frankie Topless with yeah. wild cats around him and him singing a song and looking into the camera. That's it now. The nature of a beast, mate. Stevie, I can live without all the rest of it, but I can't live without you. I've always been the big shot and everybody else around. I think I learned my lesson now. It's me who's falling down. My heart is hurting from the jealous state I'm in. Won't you give me a chance to start all over again? Cause that's the nature of the beast, keeping up the male persona. That's the nature of the beast, keeping up my status quota. Now the nature of the beast wants to give love and affection. Oh, the nature of the beast doesn't want to end up alone. Thought my innocent face could hide my dark, elusive eyes But now I think I know I'm committing an emotional homicide Leaving you alone had to be the worst thing I could do Cause look at me now, running around like a fool Yeah, that's the nature of the beast, keeping up the male persona The beast doesn't wanna end up alone. I know. Don't wanna be alone. I 
minute, every second starts to cut. The longer I wait, I just get that more heated up. I gotta get you back if it's the last thing that I do. I change anything, I just can't live without you. Cause that's the nature of the beast, keeping up the male persona. That's the nature of the beast, keeping up my status quo. Now the nature of the beast wants to give love and affection. Oh, the nature of the beast doesn't want to end up alone. That's the nature of the beast, keeping up the male persona. Oh, the nature of the beast doesn't want to end up alone. No, no, no.